there's been a, a, a number of folks during COVID who were going into these cold storage archives, mm-hmm. pulling out amazing collection of vinyl, reel to reel cassette stuff people haven't heard, or just just cool vintage, you know, uh, stuff from back in the day and memorabilia and mm-hmm. posters and you know all kinds of stuff. And and they built a stu- they built a warehouse for it, shelving units and from the ground up, and now it houses millions and millions of pieces of rock and roll archives. Is the show for me and you the one you love to listen to? And oh, you got your friends, see it through. Zeke's laughter is medicine, too. Hello, Worcester. I'm Wendy Love Edge, and you are listening to The Edge Show Live on Unity Radio 97.9 FM. The opinions expressed by our guests may not be the opinions of A Edge. Productions. This is season seven, episode 15. Let's get Boston baked. I've got some great guests today. The show's got a little different format tonight. We're going to be talking to our guests pretty much right away tonight. Um, so, and I don't have a co host. Oh my gosh, I miss Angela so much. Soon I'll be back in Fayetteville where we'll be able to co host the show together in person. Uh, but tonight I'm solo with my guests. And so, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce them. The first is Candace Jay. She is a cultivator of cannabis as well as an enthusiast and promoter of the plant. She's a podcast co-host and creator of the Western and Central Mass Cannabis Group. Also joining me is Graham Swarton, a longtime Boston cannabis enthusiast. His blog, Toking the High Road, uh, has information and highlights of New England Uh, dispensaries, grow shops, head shops, and more. Um, He's also working with Boston Baked Radio, and we're going to hear more about that. Welcome to the Ed Show, to the two of you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Wendy. I'm so grateful to be here tonight with you and uh, super excited for the show. Yes, me too. Uh, So I I had the... um, the pleasure of meeting up with the two of you at a local Worcester restaurant recently. And uh, gosh, we talked and talked and talked. And I thought, we need to have you guys on the Ed Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, so out of that conversation, conversation, this show was born. And, you know, it's been really exciting being in Massachusetts, where the industry is a little uh, more grown than where I currently live in Arkansas. Um, and so I'm excited to hear... Um, you know, your thoughts about the industry here in Massachusetts. Um, but first, I wanted to start with a question. I used to uh, do a podcast called Weed Speak. Actually, Jessica, you were a guest. Oh, oh my gosh, Candace, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I called you by your alias. <laughs> but you were a guest on Weed Speak, and we chatted about this. And so I want to hear from both of you. Maybe we'll start with, with Graham here. Um, what brought you to cannabis in the first place? Well, I think uh, where where I came from, there was cannabis readily available from a very young age. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm old enough where the people who raised me were from the 60s and 70s. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I, I, I sort of had the idea that cannabis was the smell of New Hampshire for a while, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, until... so you grew up in and around it. Your family that, is that's right. kind of Yeah, like... I mean. Not necessarily my parents, like they weren't like smoking weed in front of me or even smoking weed, but my uncles and aunts certainly were. Sure. Um, and when they got together with their brothers and sisters, then you know you'd have uh-huh. joints 
Right. Easy Wider's were like something I recognize. Oh gosh, and, Easy Wider's. Yeah, I remember wider. those. Yeah. Are those still around? They still are around. Yeah. That that brand, uh, you know, is is doing their best. Uh-huh. But yeah, I saw some Easy Wider's recently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that's so funny to hear the, those words because, like, growing <laughs> up, that was pretty much all that we had was that's Easy right. Wider's. Yeah. I can still picture the package, the yeah. white writing. Yeah. On the, Easy Wider's sort of a dirty brand. It's dirty. <laughs> Easy Wider's is next to like cigarettes and the porn stuff. Like, <laughs> right so you grew up around it and it was uh was it considered you know sort of just part of life commonplace i I think um it it wasn't an accepted it was part of the counterculture life oh i see yeah sure so um you know it's very much frowned upon uh you know by schools and people and parents sure but but well the war on drugs was alive and well that's right yeah Yeah, yeah um you know, and a lot of people were very much stigmatized and uh, cannabis wasn't called cannabis, it was called marijuana, which is a word I don't like to say, um, <laughs> right. but it was called that. And so it still is. And so even when you hear that, that term, usually it's a loaded term, you know, you might hear it in your human resources department and they'll say, you smell like marijuana. Oh gosh, you know? I, I want to, I want to tell you a little bit about that. Uh, so I have been working after almost 12 years being disabled and unable to work in my profession. I went back to work. And I decided to come here to Massachusetts, to Worcester. I had worked in the area for 25 years in my field. And it's been a great experience being back and and all that. And being back in my profession, I'm an occupational therapist. Um, But I had to sit through a training last week where we're we're looking for if our employees are high. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Oh, my goodness. If they're high at work or, or other drugs, too. But. But marijuana definitely, well, they used marijuana. I actually stayed very quiet through this training. I could have said a lot of things. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, But it's so ridiculous you're looking for. And then what are you going to do? Drug test somebody for cannabis, Mm. which who knows when they used it because it's in your fat cells for 30 days or more, right? And you're here for longer. Right. So I was a little bit disillusioned by that being here in Massachusetts where the industry is really growing up, you know? Yeah. You know, um, now at least there's access to data that suggests that the use of cannabis can do things like alleviate, uh, you know, the effects of a long day at work. Right. Uh, and that right. kind of thing. So, well, and you know, we wouldn't want people, you know, dabbing at work or being like, well, you know, you know the data, super high, maybe right? dab, but the data disagrees with you, but they say that, um, people who are using cannabis are less likely to become fatigued. And I know that, uh, that people who are uh, working fatigue is a huge sucker of energy. And that's cost, true. You know, that's true. So if people are less fatigued, they would theoretically, you know, it, what it suggests is that people who are on cannabis can do tasks for longer. Uh, they, they are better at maybe focusing on a, like a, like a painter, consider a painter or somebody who works in a factory. Sure. They get plugged in there. They're right, like, they're, right. they're doing the best work they've ever done. Yeah. Well, so I think it depends on what you're doing for work. You know, um, there, yeah. I mean, there's, I'm sure that, uh, that there are pros to using this medicine for certain jobs. It oh. just depends on, you know, the different, um, what strain you're using, how it's affecting you, what type of job you're doing. I, I, I think, agree. You know. I strongly agree with Woody. It definitely, mm. you have to make sure that you're using the, the appropriate tool, the appropriate time. Right. Um, I'm in one of those positions where earlier in my career, uh, 
cannabis was the only reason I was able to survive my career. And mm -hmm. as I can understand that, <laughs> right? yes. you know, um, even as much as, as a couple of years ago, but as I've continued to grow and develop, it's definitely more difficult to do certain tasks, um, when I'm stoned, no matter no matter how I slice it or dice it, right. it, it can be more challenging for me to do when I'm well, stoned. And I think, uh, so there are people who go to work using various medicines that affect their ability to function, right? But if it's a pharmaceutical, you know, it's not really, and they have a prescription, it's not looked at the same way. So how, how about a cigarette break? C cigarette break right? institution for the work day. Uh, you know, I would say that there is such a thing as work weed. Uh, okay. And, right. and and people like you know that's a whole thing. Like uh, the strands that I I would like during the daytime because it wouldn't prevent me from getting things done. And everyone's physiology is different. Exactly. So maybe somebody. Everybody is different. My my own father I re I've learned can only eat like one milligram of weed. Right. Okay. <laughs> maybe, right. Maybe two. Yes. Everyone is different <laughs> yeah. for sure. Well, it was a long answer to my question. We kind of went off on a tangent, but I want to hear what Candace J, how, what brought her to cannabis? Absolutely. So, um, growing up, I was able to access cannabis from my friends. Um, but I didn't really start getting into cannabis until I went to college in Alaska. And back when I was in Alaska, um, Alaska was the only state, or I think it was one of two states that had cannabis decriminalized, like you could possess up to a quarter pound really? and it was like a hundred dollar fine. In Alaska? In Alaska. What year was this? This was in 2009. Okay. So they were, and that policy had been in place for a while. That's why you have, um, some of the strains that you have from Alaska that are like phenomenal mm -hmm. um coming out of the matanuska valley so my next question for the two of you because you're both working uh in media with cannabis and i'm curious with so many aspects of the industry why you've chosen the media aspect to focus on uh here in massachusetts uh well i i personally um i i just like play with equipment and, ma <laughs> and making things uh -huh. so it's just a natural thing i would do you know um, and I like writing and really my focus is writing. And, um, and then in addition to my writing, then I'll take those ideas and do a video or an audio project. Uh, and I'm also a web designer. And so I enjoy making digital media for the web. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of just the, my natural hobbies, including cannabis. Right. Sort of work all together. So the writing and all of the media work, you were already doing that and then it kind of going in the cannabis direction was a natural sure. shift. Yep. Yep. Right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. How about you, Candace J? Cause you're kind of new to podcasting, aren't you? I am new to podcasting. Um, well, communications and speaking is probably about 70% of my day job. So it's something that I excel in and I enjoy. Um, and I feel that there's a lot of issues that we really need to be discussing more. Mm -hmm. And if we can find a platform, build a platform to spread the knowledge, then we're doing a good thing in the world. So we were talking before the break a little bit about Boston Baked Radio, and uh, I think um, it's a really important project. So could you tell our audience a little bit about it? Yes, it's a very exciting project. Uh, it goes back to... Boston's radio stations, most of I think all of them are actually gone now. 
WBCN, WAF, WCOZ. Oh my gosh, WBCN. I yeah. remember that. So the, yes. there was, uh, <laughs> before they closed over, uh, and I, that was my favorite. BCN, I went to high school across the street, yeah. so we were always going to the, they had the rock shop. You can get like uh-huh. t-shirts, whatever else. Um, I forgot about yeah. that one. Do you remember the store, Stairway to Heaven? There was uh, there was a store called Stairway to Heaven in Kenmore Square. Oh, um, and it had all right every concert T-shirt ever. Yes, yeah, it was I, very famous. I went to Boston University. Yep, and so I was on Cobb Ave like all yeah. the time. Yeah, most mostly <laughs> posters was now. a big deal, and Stairway to Heaven was good for the T-shirts. Uh, so there's a, a woman Tracy uh, who worked there. She was also an AAF DJ, mm-hmm. and so she's sort of spearheading this project. She's a Boston person involved in the rock music and radio rock music for a long nice. time um and also involved is uh dave tree from the band tree pretty famous guy uh-huh. uh a number of other folks uh chuck uh chuck white from the Motherload. uh oh, okay and so uh these people um have been working together uh, maybe not tracy in this project but um there's been a, a, a number of folks during COVID who were going into these cold storage archives uh-huh. pulling out amazing collection of vinyl reel-to-reel cassette stuff people haven't heard or just just cool vintage you know uh stuff from back in the day and memorabilia and posters mm-hmm. and you know all kinds of stuff and and they built a stu- they built a warehouse for it shelving units and from the ground up and now it houses millions and millions of pieces of rock and roll archives so show. why are they calling it boston baked is there it? is a big focus on canvas. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> in the local Boston right. music yes. or Massachusetts music, there That's was right. a, the- a big theme. Of, yeah. So I got involved because I've been working on a, a cannabis media project for a couple of years now, which is uh, Cannabis, which is, uh, I call it the hubs, hemp history and contemporary cannabis culture. Uh-huh. Um, and so we're talking about how Boston, that's the BOS part of cannabis, uh, C-A-N-N-A, B-O-S dot org. Nice. Uh, yeah, so the um, Boston was b- basically developed as a colony to produce hemp plants for the purpose of making ships, uh, cordage, and sails. Uh, Boston was called the hub of the universe for a while um, in those days before New York City was the major city Boston was, uh-huh. and specifically because of its placement along the trade routes. With the Cannabis site, we break it down into 400-year periods, 1620 to, to 1720, then to 1820, 1920, 2020. Um, mm-hmm. The 1620, the first period, uh, that's during that's that's when we're looking at building ships. So we get according mm-hmm. to sales. 1720 to 1820 is a different period. Uh, that's is when we're making covered wagons and Levi's jeans and everything's out of hemp. 1820 to 1920. Wait, were Levi's jeans originally made from hemp? They were, and most things were. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of things yeah. were, but I did not know that yep. about Levi's. Absolutely. And they were much better jeans than they didn't get holes in their knees. Right. They weren't cool teens running <laughs> well, around. People like the holes in <laughs> the knees. Gold mines. I think people yeah. look for that. Yeah. Now they do. They'll pay like it's, $150. It's, we've been programmed to not want hemp, hemp clothes. So we right. Hemp clothes, clothes. hemp clothes wear yeah. in. That's right. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. My, I have a letter my grandfather, my great grandfather wrote 1912 uh-huh. in Boston. And the paper I noticed it was an amazing paper. And it's got to be hemp paper, right? Because this paper is not paper. Because it's not going to fall apart. It just disintegrate. Right. Touch it. It feels different in your hand. It's much weightier. And yes, it it, there isn't any degradation on it. Right. It it probably wears in just like the clothing. That's right. If if you don't know what I mean, so you know how clothes wear out. Like you wear cotton or Mm -hmm. other synthetic fibers, it wears out. But hemp actually gets better the more you wear it. It wears in. Um. So I, I. the paper is probably like that as well yeah. so 
so this Boston Baked has the archives and they're planning to air some of the They're Carly airing. Uh, Carly Dave Tree, the famous uh, uh, lead uh, man of the band Tree, the Boston mm -hmm. Boston Weed Band for sure. Uh, he's He's got a show uh, and there's a number of other people who are putting shows. We're going to be rebroadcasting uh, the Danny Danko show, Grow Bud Yourself. Wonderful. Show. Danny Danko's amazing. Yeah, he's great. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's another and, Bostonian. Yes, and yeah. I understand you're going to air the Ed show as well. That's correct, yes. So I wanted to switch over and chat with Candace a little bit about cultivation. Um, so you started a group on Facebook for Western Mass, correct? Central and Western Mass? I, um, my friend Ashley started the group. Uh -huh. And he brought me on as an admin. I had a lot of ideas and suggestions in the beginning. So I started kind of running the group. And uh -huh. um, at this point, I'm pretty much running the group exclusively now. So, sure. so you're bringing together people who want to cultivate or who are cultivating yes. in central and western Massachusetts. We are. We also uh, discuss growing techniques. It's a networking opportunity. Uh -huh. We... Um, try to also post like local events that are happening as well so that we can go out and meet each other in the community so yes. um i'm really trying to build a community um i feel like there's a lot more cannabis to massachusetts outside of boston it's not just boston weed all the time that's the um, truth that's the truth <laughs> and there's yes. a lot of there's a lot of folks in in the berkshires that um have been growing for a long time and have been breeding seeds for a long time so uh it's nice to try to integrate like the whole state together it's nice to see here that the the growing the cultivation is community based it, you know it sure is because uh we know for a fact that no direction has come from the ccc <laughs> as far right. as um, any type of caretaker situation in massachusetts there's like no no mm -hmm. direction on that but um at least there is an actual grow community and i'm so happy to be a part of that and um i've been introduced to so many skilled folks throughout the years mm -hmm. and um it's really been a blast nice nice are you also a cultivator? I am. Yes, you are. Uh, of course. Yes. Yes, it's our. You know, I think it's a uh, cannabis is is first food, mm -hmm. and my belief is that the growing of one's own food is a revolutionary act, and I believe it's actually our duty to grow cannabis here in a state where we do have grow rights. Yes. Uh, just because uh, uh, it's but it is medicine. I, I I'm of the position where I believe that we've been robbed of a plant that we're supposed to have. I think that grow rights are human rights. So, what are some of your favorite? boston brands for cannabis okay so uh, i'm a huge b town green town guy i love those guys that's a that's a local uh local folks um and then you know um as far as it like i, I like all the the dispensaries in boston i'm glad I, I try to support them there's like pure oasis over on uh blue hill ave there's seed mm -hmm. dispensary uh and seed dispensary is very interesting they have a museum there of, oh. of cannabis um um I, I think I, I feel how they call it, but basically pro, uh, prohibition and so imprisonment and that kind of thing. Sure. And my personal point of view is that the real criminals are the ones who are persecuting the cannabis users. Um, mm -hmm. and, so, and so they kind of have that point of view also. But the other brands are like Mary Palmer. That's a great brand. They make dog treats and like lots of clothes and they're winning awards all the time. Nice. Um, and then uh, Golden Remedies Edibles. Uh, those guys are from the South Coast. Uh -huh. um, you know, great products. They do like a, a lot of edibles also they have some really good products and uh so in this last segment i wanted to talk about the the announcement that president biden made mm -hmm. uh where um he pardoned anyone with 
previous uh, simple possession charges. Mm. Um, and I know that there's been a lot of talk amongst cannabis activists and in the community, good and bad, about about this announcement. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll reserve my thoughts on it. I'd like to hear yours first, if, if you'd like. Absolutely. Um, I definitely feel like this is a, a political move. It's something... Mm -hmm immediately preceding the um, midterm elections that are critical um, right. for the Democrats right now. So I don't think it's as great as what it seems at first, um, or at least for what people are understanding the purpose to be. Um, there is actually no one being released from federal prison right due to this mm -hmm. um and it's only going to be impacting i think about 64 6500 inmates total but it's not going to really impact their sentences because it's no one's in federal prison specifically for just simple possession there's right. always like intent to distribute or some kind of trafficking you know they always stack the charges so it's right right federal charges are are generally more than simple possession, although there have been in the past some people. So, um, so yeah, no one is being released. That's true, right? But that wasn't what he said. You know, the pardons affect people's ability to vote, to run for office, to employment, housing. Um, so, so there, there is a, a positive effect. Huge, it, you know, and it's the first time that a U.S. president instead of getting up and saying, just say no to drugs <laughs> or, or, you know, this is your brain on drugs. Remember those commercials? Oh you know? yeah. I think they really those were ad council me. sponsored. Um, and then the other piece is he asked that they examine the scheduling of the medicine, which that is a huge important piece. He didn't say, look at descheduling. I'm, I'm afraid they're going to reschedule it and it'll end up even more in the hands of big pharma. Um, but at least they're looking at it, you know? Yeah. And that comes out of the United Nations that scheduling and initially right. that came out of the global governance. <laughs> right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, but the United States can reschedule or deschedule it as well yeah it's it, that whole piece is tricky business i think obama, obama had made a big point of that he was saying look i can't just change the law because that law like because we've because we're part of the world economic council i think is what the problem is right if we start to make this thing that's been deemed you know however however erroneously mm -hmm. uh you know a class it's a different schedule number but it's right a idea. different schedule it's, it's yeah. the hardest drug and it really what they're saying is it's a it's a a compound that has uh, significant uh, likelihood of addiction and no medical benefit, which both of those things are ridiculous. It's so untrue. It's like anyone who you know? has even small uh, empirically yeah. experience with the plant yeah. has I, I to mean, realize that that's if a you big look at lie. The, the findings of uh, Israel's uh, Raphael McCullum, this is the man who sort of has credited with finding the endocannabinoid system. Yes. Um, but this it, just all of the medical breakthroughs that have come. Uh, out of that research and out of that vehicle. I mean, at the time of COVID, the, the Israelis were producing uh, data showing that COVID was helpful for uh, COVID-19 even. I mean, sorry, that cannabis was helpful for, you know, mm -hmm. COVID-19. Uh, Cop D, all, all kinds of things where they're putting cannabis oil on, on skin tissue and seeing amazing results. And all this stuff is published. So it's ridiculous that we could even make a statement right. that cannabis is scheduled as such. Sure. So I don't know. Maybe they'll be able to do something. I know other countries have... Um, you know, across 
the whole country decriminalized and uh, Th- thailand will give you cannabis plants yes all of the citizens because they 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 they're looking at the healthcare costs that's what i'd like to see in the united states that that everyone has grow rights at whatever else they want to do yeah. if everyone has grow rights and has the potential mm-hmm. to have this medicine in their yard and use it with their family you know i think we would be all be a lot better you, you know uh, oh uh, we would be the, and the first law of the land i'm sorry Candace. uh the first law of the land is uh, you had to grow cannabis to be here mm. so we need to get back to that <laughs> that would be nice that would be nice um well thank you it's 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 interesting because i've seen a lot of cannabis activists you know kind of just go right to there are no federal prisoners and therefore this whole thing is a big ruse i, I think it's a little more complicated than that and and uh and and i think that it's a positive step is it everything we need absolutely not <laughs> You know, right. And uh, was it strategic before the midterms? Probably, Ooh, <laughs> you know, right. Um, they're pulling out all the stops, you know, sure. um, and that's OK, because in in my mind, you know, we need to continue to go in the direction we're going in and not go backwards to what we came from not that long ago. Right. <laughs> Um, so this show has been uh, Boston Baked, and I, I just wanted to ask uh each of you what makes the boston market and the boston cannabis industry so uh unique and special i think um beyond the fact that boston has this extensive history in the hemp plant as Mm -hmm. being one of the main reasons why it even exists as a as such a city that it is today now um i think that the new england and the massachusetts culture for growing and just our culture in general it creates like a certain tenacity where we're going to be the best at it (laughs) in our own um very distinct and flavorful way and i definitely think that we are accomplishing that and i think we have a lot of up-and-coming um folks in the scene and there's been a lot of really great developments as far as products and Mm -hmm genetics and massachusetts and new england is really the place where you want to be for cannabis right now i agree i agree i can't believe i'm leaving (laughs) but yeah uh, i I think uh part of it so part of massachusetts success with cannabis um i think has to do with it being part of new england um i mean the the legal part maybe not but um just in general how come it's why it's so good here um so one thing that's nice about new england is the size of most of the other states Mm-hmm. and there's different laws between them so if you happen to be in a part of england that doesn't have legal cannabis you can always go to the one of the so if you're in new hampshire you go to maine right and so somehow i think that breeds a bit of uh comp- competition oh okay uh, i think i think that's kind of part of it i agree um, i think within boston actually is, is not very good hardly anyone can grow in boston the reason is most people aren't landlords and there's a whole problem with growing oh, plants in your own property right. um, when you go to the south coast you go to like taunton or like uh, all those how the um, Fall River, this amazing growth is happening out there because people usually own their houses or right. have yards or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not to say nobody in Boston is growing, but th- what I've noticed is this huge gap of people putting out craft cannabis in mm-hmm. the gray market uh, in the Boston area. But then as soon as you get to Worcester or you get north of Boston or, you know, South Shore, um, and I think people are just able then to, to kind of just go for it 
and right. that's really it's been now it's been we've had cannabis here since 20 uh 2015 december of 2015 for legal so people can pretty much grow and gift since then so now we're looking at we're coming up upon 10 years you know right. not too far away so that's crazy because yeah. i mean i remember holding a cannabis legalization event like right after they passed it uh we had an event at spiritual haze which isn't around anymore yep, yep. uh very familiar with it though yes very famous place. and uh it was just amazing we had you know we had in our giveaways we had plants <laughs> and uh all different you know brand new brands kind of coming up you know mm -hmm. and it was very exciting it's been it's been exciting to watch the industry grow here but i think you're right you know the states are really close together and so it uh it it definitely breeds competition sure. and also community you know there there isn't you know? you'll find if you go to enough events as you'll see the same people at those events uh -huh. from no matter if it's a, it's a Maine or if it's in New Hampshire, if it's in Massachusetts or if it's in Rhode Island, yes. it's the same people. Right. And so it's really, it, it is a New England community. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful cannabis community here. It sure is. So how can people get in touch with you? So uh, we're, we're available always at cannaboss.org. There's a way to reach us there. Uh, we have, uh, we're on hiatus from the new show, which is the washdaily.com. But uh, you can certainly contact us there Excellent. as well. And bostonbakedradio.org. Excellent. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. This has been The Ed Show Live on Thank Unity you. Radio. The Ed Show is sponsored in part by Taproot Treasures, 131 Inclusion Gallery, Irie Bliss Wellness, Lindsay Camp with Synergy One Lending, 